Let's get this W on three. One, two, three. to the W Podcast, hosted by Princess and Love. Hey guys. What's up everybody? Welcome to the second edition of the W Podcast, hosted What's by happening? Princess and your girl. Lo- Hello. Hey. She's going by a different alias, y'all. It's taking me a while to get used to it. <laughs> but me and Lo are back with you to talk about women's basketball, the hottest coverage in sports topics. Um, of course, and right now we're calling this our preseason episode. So we're talking about um, everything that's gone on in the preseason, a little bit of what went on in the offseason, everything we couldn't touch from last time. We're bringing it to you now to finish up and give you everything you need to know to prepare for tip-off on Saturday, May 13th, as well as Sunday, May 14th for some teams. So let's dive right in. Um, Lo, what do you want to say to the people before we get started? Just thank you for tuning in to episode 1.5. This is <laughs> kind of like the other half of last week's episode. We had so much to talk about and we did not hit. We either. didn't even scratch the surface. So we decided to dedicate this episode to everything that we did not cover last week. And a chunk of it was what is to come, what took place during the off season and what is to come for this season. And, I'm really excited. I was just telling her just now that it seemed like the season was taking forever to get here. Mm-hmm. And then from the draft to now, it just like, it just sped up. And I was just like, wait a minute. I was just literally at Samsung A37 and now I'm getting ready to go to the garden tomorrow for the season opener. And I'm just super excited. There's so many changes within the league, so much Interesting stuff took place during the offseason, and I'm just ready to see how everybody gels, you know, who's going to give L.A. a run for their money at the end of the season when it comes to getting this championship. I'm ready, and I'm really even more excited, not only because of the game, but just how much exposure the game seems is going to get this season with collaboration with Twitter, with ESPN, uh, showcasing more games. I know the Garden um, MSG Network released their schedule recently. Um, I believe a network in Seattle, like a bunch of local networks or bigger uh, channels are showcasing more games. So I'm just ready just for the WNBA to be in everybody's face. I can't wait. Um, to touch on that, Minnesota is doing big things too. You were talking about local exposure and Minnesota and their WNBA podcast have expanded with all home games are locally going to be on Fox Sports North. I remember you talked about it last time. Everybody, yeah, everybody might not have access to an MSG or like Fox Sports South uh, covers Atlanta Dream. So there's Fox Sports North for Minnesota. It's covering 17 games, all 12 home games and five road games. And in total, the links will be featured on ESPN 247 games. So like uh, Lo just said, we pretty much are challenging all of you all to not have any excuses when it comes to getting access to the games because they are going to be right in your face for you to watch 
And we expect you to have some feedback when we start, you know, giving our analysis. We expect y'all to chime in and let us know what you think. So you guys are going to have weekly homework assignments and we, <laughs> and we need <laughs> on tw uh, Twitter and Instagram for your grades. And we exactly. <laughs> so let's get started. We're definitely going to talk about a lot of player moves. Like you mentioned, like the preseason went by fast. Training camp went by fast. Media days came and went. And so now everything from the offseason is starting to affect the openers. Uh, we're really excited about that. So we're going to talk about the trades, um, people who were moved around and, and signed to different teams, whether in free agency or, you know, just needing to get the heck out of town um, and moving on, you know, to a new team, as well as some players saying that they're going to sit out for the 2017 season. So let's start with the biggest ones, the biggest ones we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Elena Deladon, of course, projected to be the 2017 WNBA MVP and was the 2015 WNBA MVP. Uh, traded from Chicago Sky, where it pretty much was no secret that she was unhappy. Um, itching to get back home to Delaware. Uh, D.C. to Delaware is like an hour and a half. So, I mean, you know, pretty much playing at home at the Verizon Center. She got traded to the Mystics for um, Stephanie Dawson and Kalia Cooper. Right. And a draft pick that turned out to be Elena Coates from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So, um, What are you expecting to see from Elena in Washington this year with another um, another signee, Christy Tolliver, who in free agency left the Los Angeles Sparks and went back home as well to the Mystics. So what are you expecting to see out of D.C.? I'm excited to be at the games this year. I'm right, you know, right down the street from there. What are you expecting to see uh, light up in the Verizon Center this year? I think, first of all, I'm really excited about her being back home. Mm -hmm. And I really expect to see a different Elena this year. I think it's different when you play for your hometown and when you play for somewhere that you actually want to be there. Not to say that she probably didn't want to be in Chicago. I'm sure she did and she loved the city. But just judging by this the kind of person that she seems like she is, uh, you know, I thought we follow her on social media. She seems like a very family, very home oriented kind of person. And I think this being closer to home, she's about to be married soon. All that is going to kind of push her she feels more comfortable. She's probably going to feel in her comfort zone. She's going to, she's probably feeling more comfortable within herself too, just kind of finding her own identity as a player. Mm -hmm. And I really think that she is going to be a major piece in bringing Chrissy Tolliver, who's one of the best guards uh, in the league. I think that's going to also add more firepower to them because, you know, uh, to kind of go right into the trade thing. Also, Kiavon and Bria Hartley are now in New York. So I think those two ladies really fill in some really good assets that were probably gone, as well as Stephanie Dawson as well. So I think they're going to fill in those shoes pretty well and kind of bring a different kind of element to Washington. Dope. Yeah, I'm very excited to see it. I think it'll really change the pace of their play. Um, Christy Tolliver being a very excellent three-point shooter. And of course, Elena in all her scoring glory. I mean, offensively, they're sure. going to... Elena just... like <laughs> Continue. I just have no words. Continue. Yeah, no, weird. Elena's just dope. Like, she is just... Her MVP season was just like, what? Like, it, it was probably yeah. something like, I haven't seen... Her and I think went Maya the year before. Like they just insane. Like the she was she broke the record for most for the three the free throw percentage, if not if I'm not mistaken, that particular year. 
she is just such an offensive machine, you know, and I'm really excited to see how she brings that in gels in Washington. I think, I mean, it's not really a big East West kind of, you know, uh, format anymore, but I'm really wondering how lethal they're going to be now against teams, you know, against their typical rivals or, you know, what I'm, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. You want to see how they're going to match up against the Liberty. That's what it sounds like. I mean, I wasn't going there, but no, not just the Liberty. There's Atlanta, too. There's Connecticut. There's other teams. There's Chicago. Wait a minute. Next, the weekend of Memorial Day, mm-hmm. the Memorial Weekend, Chicago's coming to Washington. Uh-oh. To play. So since you're in D.C., I'm just saying... Okay, just want you to put that on your calendar. (laughs) Anyway, just like you are a uh, MSG regular, I'm about to be a Verizon Center regular. Okay, Okay. I want to go to the Verizon Center, actually. I would love to go. I can't wait. I got to make a trip down there and see you anyway. I want to go to Madison Square Garden, so pretty much we know what's up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, continue with the trades and stuff. And like you were talking about gelling with the team, gelling with the system. Let's talk about Odyssey Sims now in Los Angeles with the Sparks. I was listening to an interview with head coach Brian Adler earlier today um, with David Siegel uh, from the... He's on the, uh, Shattered Backboard, I believe, too. It might be a part. It might be an affiliate part of it. Okay. But yeah, listening to their interview today, and um, he was talking about how he's really been hard on Odyssey, really expecting her to blossom. We, we already know she has a lot of potential. We saw that in Dallas. Now we're trying to uh, see her blossom into the elite point guard we know she could be. So her and Chelsea Gray, um, the LA Sparks point guard, they're going to have to be a tandem, you know, working together at that position. Chrissy Tolliver left. Um, and, you know, la- you know, we've always seen her as a shooting guard, but last year she was really pushed into that point guard position and she did a great job. So replacing her with Odyssey, really excited to see how the Sparks, the defending champions, um, continue on that run with such a young Powerful point guard, very smart, as well as some other uh, important pieces. What, Ricona Williams, um, Sydney Weiss. Sydney Weiss got signed, made the team. Selena Beard, Janta Lavender, Neka Agumake, and, of course, Candace Parker. What does that squad sound like to you? And to me, it sounds like a repeat team for a championship. It definitely sounds like a team that can and most likely will end up back in the finals. I feel like we're going to see a repeat of last year. Okay. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, okay. It just sounds like a young, a, a good mix of young and like experienced players. So I think the young players are going to bring a lot of that energy, a lot of that spark, no pun intended, a lot of that, uh, you know, just hunger and grit. And then you're going to have the experienced players that know how to channel that kind of drive into the you know drive the, the right way and uh have an experience now from winning the championship last year i think that was a good ex- first of all it was overdue for candace candace should have had a, a championship a long time ago and i'm really happy that mm-hmm. she got it and i think because of that they're going to defend it oh so i'm excited yeah i'm Definitely. really excited the last team to go back to back championship was <laughs> Los Angeles Sparks back in 2001 and 2002. So, I mean, what better place to make history 
than under Magic Johnson's team, the LA Sparks. So definitely a possibility to see that again. They have a championship coach um, who's been there before and who knows how to get a team together. Um, so we should be able to see midseason really them gelling and coming together as they come back. So let's pick up with your uh, your team, the team that you primarily cover um, and their big trades. So the Liberty traded Carolyn Swords from New York over to the Seattle Storm, which apparently Seattle was trying for some time to get Carolyn. I think they wanted her originally. Mm -hmm. um, and Carolyn is a great defender. Um, she really has a really strong presence in the post. So I think she'll be a good addition over to Seattle. And in, we also got Bria Hartley and Kia Vaughn, two native New Yorkers. Um, from Washington to New York. I don't they were traded prior to Elena being traded though. I don't think they were part of anything with the Elena trade. Well, like directly. I okay. think they were traded to New York prior to Elena um going over to the Mystics. And Bria Hartley and Kia Vaughn coming to New York is actually great because uh we're down Shoni Schimmel, who is taking the season off for personal reasons. So shout outs to her. Hope everything is okay. Don't know what she got going on, but I hope that she uses this off season to kind of get herself back to wherever she needs to be or take care of whatever she needs to take care of. And also Tanisha Wright is taking, I believe, part of the season off. I don't think she's taking the entire season, but she's taking uh, part of the season off to rest. So I think Bria Hartley, who is a young point guard can easily fill in the shoes that both of those ladies have left empty as well as Kia Vaughn. And I interviewed actually Kia Vaughn recently um, at media day for the Liberty um, talks to her about her coming back to New York because New York is where she started her career. And she just talked about, she related it to the number seven and, you know, seven for people who are into numerology is kind of symbolic of completion so for her, it was like coming around full circle. You know, she had a lot of experience working, playing for other teams and overseas. And it's kind of seeing her career come back full circle. So she went through all these different teams and gained experience to became a different kind of player. And now she's kind of able to come back where she started as a different, a changed player, a different, a more complete player. Um, she also said that while she's going to be in New York, she's going to focus a lot on her offense. New York has a, good amount of offense for sure uh with sugar rogers and piffany prince so having her there working not only is she a defensive person that's what she does defense is her specialty but she's also making sure that she's going to bring the offensive power uh and offensive element to her game so i'm really excited to see going to be uh how well-rounded she's going to end up being in in new york Mm -hmm. So she'll be at the backup shooting guard position. I definitely think, you know, with her, her skill, what does she look? 5'8", Bria Harley is, and then Kia Vaughn at 6'4", really long, really, you know, wide wingspan. Definitely a good acquisition for your team. Tina Charles, who needs no introduction. None um, at all. Tina Charles, basically. I'm sorry, I really am team Tina Charles. So everybody loves Tina Charles. Who isn't team Tina? So you mentioned Carolyn Soares to Seattle. She's now, you know, the tallest person on that team at 6'6". Like you said, defensively, uh, protecting around the rim, finishing at the basket. What all do you see her contributing to that team out West? 
I think I just see her being just another defensive piece that they need. Obviously, the West has, you know, really, really, really strong teams and strong players. It's basically being around the Sparks and also Minnesota. So I think she's somebody that will be able to kind of challenge those teams. So last year, she averaged 4.6 rebounds per game, a career total of 3.4 rebounds. Not a big offensive person, but defensively, I think she'll be able to make a good impact. Just having her presence there on the floor will kind of serve as a problem for other players who are trying to make plays. Well, definitely. Like I said, around the rim, you can't get by when you got somebody six six in front of you. She is so tall. Like, when you see her, you're like, yo, really? (laughs) (laughs) And so for our last big trade of the offseason, talking about Candace Dupree. Um, out in Indiana, we talked. About, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, and we talked about Camille Little, who was supposed to be somewhere. And now she's somewhere else. What's right. Um, I don't know. Candace, actually, Alice Sims and Candace Dupree, both of those trades kind of caught me off guard, to say the least. I don't know why. I was just like, I didn't see Candace leaving. Phoenix. I thought she was a great piece there. Um, as for Indiana, you know, Indiana uh, had Tamika Catchings retiring last year, so they lost a really big integral part of their puzzle and a very vocal part of their puzzle. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm interested to see how she gels with Indiana, what she's going to bring. Uh, they already have um, Nalia Chanwa in Indiana. Brie in January, who is going to take over that leadership role there. So I'm really interested to see what she's going to bring. What do you think Candace Dupree is going to bring to Indiana? I'm interested to hear your take on it. Um, championship experience. Uh, she was an integral piece to the 2014 championship for sure. Brittany Griner, um, and then Diana Taurasi, and then it was Candace Dupree. Mid-range shooting. I mean, she's like on point with that. I mean, I'm trying to think of you know, another player to compare her with. But just, like, she knows her shot. She knows her angles. Um, definitely important offensively. And like I said, championship uh, caliber, bringing that knowledge back, as well as just veteran leadership. I think with Indiana, you now kind of have a new shift in leadership with Tamika Catchings uh, retiring. And so now it's like, whose team is this? And so, mm-hmm. hey, why not have Candace Dupree step into that role? You know, transform it to her team. She might be kind of past her prime at this point just being a little older but hey I mean it's definitely not very far off I think she can contribute a lot definitely no Camille Little is actually in Phoenix along with Jillian Aline so it was a even trade I think uh Phoenix also received a 2017 second round draft us uh, the 17th overall pick from Indiana so Connecticut had that pick yeah, of course. Well, that, that wraps up the trades pretty much. Now, uh, we talked about sitting out. We talked about Shoni Schimmel, who unfortunately said, you know, she needed to take some time away from the game, um, as well as Tanisha Wright. And I respect Bill Lanebeer and the uh, Liberty organization for giving them that time to get themselves together and for whatever reason, take some time away from the game. Mm-hmm. But another big piece, one of my favorite players to ever pick up the rock, Angel McCautry, is also um, out of the 2017-2018 season for an undisclosed amount of time. She might just be resting um, or she might, you know, just be dealing with some issues right now at the beginning of the season, that mid-season she might be able to put aside and um, come back with on the court. 
but she's sitting out. And so the dream right now, <laughs> we just don't exactly know where that's going to go for them. Angel McCautry has been their leader, been their voice for some time now. And um, we'll just look at the preseason and how well or how not well Atlanta did. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke links 113 to 65. Um, pretty huge blowout. Minnesota Leaks are, um, of course, an elite team and, you know, have some talented players. But at the same time, 113-65, that's a quite embarrassing blowout. They also play Sunday against the Sun. Um, excuse me. They play Saturday. They play the Sun at 7 uh, opening day. So, I don't know. It's, it's not looking too pretty for the Dream. I was going to say that I think the Dream have, are probably getting adjusted playing without Angel because um, she has been such a huge part. And she's probably does a huge part not only physically in her game, but vocally. Um, she will come back. Well, we don't know when she's going to come back because she never said that she was going to be out the entire season and it was indefinite. Um, I know definitely it's for rest because she just came back from playing overseas recently. If I could say this safely, she also has other stuff going on. So um, Angel has a ice cream shop that she's opening up on June 1st. Um, she's been doing more stuff with branding and, um, you know, she has her own business that she's launching and everything like that. So probably took some time. I'm sure those factored into her decision to take some time off possibly. Um, I'm hoping to see her back sooner than later because the dream definitely are missing her right now. They need her if they're going to have any kind of, uh, impact or make any kind of move going forward yeah get your coins angel we respect it so yeah i mean this has got to be a big season for players like tiffany hayes um elizabeth williams you know still a young player uh, i watched her play definitely dominate um inside so many post moves so much strength um a very high basketball team. so she's definitely gonna have to you know come out and perform at a very high level because like you said you're not just missing an important player you're missing an important leader um, pretty much a player coach uh, at this point in her career with her responsibility with the team. Uh, a lot like I think how Swin Cash and Tamika Catchings were. Pretty much just orchestrating things on the court as you're playing is the kind of impact that Angel McCautry has on the team and has had for such a long time. So, yeah, Atlanta, we're we're needing some of your girls to step up. Young girls, um, Bria Holmes, Brittany Sykes out of Syracuse, all have to step up and all have to, you know, contribute. What's what is interesting though is um in the GM survey that we're gonna get to in a little bit, but I just want to bring it up since we're talking about the dream. Tiffany Hayes from the Dreams actually voted uh most underrated player. He's good on the team. Playing behind Angel McCautry. It probably is easy to be underrated. I mean, come on. She's definitely a key piece to their offense and their defense. Um see, so yeah, like I said, with her position, you're gonna have to not be underrated anymore. We're going to need to see you in the spotlight. Right. I was going to just say that she uh, averaged 15, 15 points per game last season, which is pretty good. So we'll see uh, We'll see how she steps up. We talked about some good acquisitions to teams, but everybody can't make it. And so, unfortunately, we got some, some players that were waived, actually a lot of players. Um, just a few to name off. We have what Aaron Phillips out of Dallas, as well as Tiffany Bias, 
um, some surprising ones. Carly Samuelson, um, who just would be entering her rookie season um, and had a lot of a lot of buzz around her. Uh, Jessica January from the Sun. Just a lot of girls who got waived. Couldn't quite make the cut to make the team. Um, but it's a point in the WNBA that you really don't have a solidified spot pretty much until the midseason, even early in the season right now. Nothing is really secure unless you are a bona fide player and key piece to the team. What were some of the most surprising waivers to you um, during the offseason? I mean, because there were some pretty big, pretty surprising cuts. I don't know if you noticed this. It just seemed like everyone got waived within the last two days. It was just like today, I was like, whoa, like it was like wave after wave after wave after wave. I'm just like, okay, like this seems like a lot. Probably because today, apparently, the final rosters were due because, you know, the season kicks off this weekend. So I didn't expect to see Tiffany Bias waved. Oh, waved her. Why do you think they waved her? You pick up five rookies, you have like the youngest team in the league at this point. And I think they're just investing in the new and upcoming talent. What we have, Sanaya Chong, Alicia Gray, uh, Kayla Davis. I mean, you have some really talented girls, fresh out of college, fresh legs, um, that are really excited to produce. And that just could be the direction that the team is going at this point. Like, keep it young, keep it hot, keep it fresh, you know, to solidify yourself. You're the newest team in the league. Yeah, and then Erin Phillips, who was a co-captain last year for Dallas, you know, she was waived. Uh, and like you said, Tiffany Bay is really interesting. We don't know because it's not like she was bad. It's not like she wasn't contributing. Not like her numbers were down. It just might be a change in direction that the team is going in. Um, and a lot of people who have been dealing with injuries were waived. You know, when there's injuries mm-hmm. involved, oftentimes put on a suspension, um, like Chanel Gumake is on right now for this upcoming year, but we know she's not going anywhere. It's getting cutthroat out of here. Like you said, last minute, wave after wave after wave. A lot of women just couldn't cut. Do you think this can bring up the conversation about expansion for the league? Because we're finding a lot of players getting waived, and it happens. It happens in every sport, in every league. But unlike a lot of other teams and other sports, I feel like you don't really see as much movement in the WNBA for some reason mm-hmm. like people get traded people sign to different teams yes it happens but I think the, the first of all the rosters are a little bit smaller in the WNBA yeah. um, there's only 12 teams so there's not that many spots to go around it's not like every single year there's 144 fresh new spots ready to be tackled like it doesn't work like that so there's a lot of players that are one-year elite players or maybe not elite players, but uh, integral players, you know, definitely, you know, six women off the bench or people who are key puzzle pieces that can find themselves in two years not being on the spot. And it's not that they're not good. It's just so many different factors that can go into it. I actually, um, on beyondthew.com, I interviewed... Uh, Shameless plug. <laughs> non-shameless plug actually um i interviewed uh janelle burst who used to uh play for the seattle storm and the minnesota Lynx, um and she is now starting the women's uh, her and a few people are starting the women's minor league basketball association and one thing she talked about was girls getting waived and why which was one of the motivations why she started the league she talked about the girls being waived and she talked about uh Oftentimes, girls are waived for reasons that have nothing to do with their talent. It could be contractual stuff. It could be, 
you know, it definitely could be a salary cap situation. There's so many other things, you know, some girls on the team have guaranteed contracts and some of them don't. There's so many different things that I guess we're not privy to as fans that go into why players are waived. And it's just like, we hope to see those players eventually get back on the WNBA roster or actually make a WNBA roster at some point in their career and in the near future. Right. I'm glad you brought up that point about expansion because um, that's definitely something that we all talk about maybe bringing, reviving some of the old teams like the Charlotte Sting, the Cleveland Rockers, the Houston Comets, reviving those teams instead of just kind of letting them wane and die out to, to bring the league to 20 um, or, or 18 teams. Uh, something where you can keep expanding um, because, like you said, the WBA, for reasons we might not be privy to, goes from trimming the fat to cutting the bone. Like you're really cutting talented players who for whatever reason just can't fill a spot. Like the Minnesota Lynx right now because of their salary cap issues only have 11 players on their roster versus most teams having 12. Um, and I think that's unacceptable. I mean, I don't want to make comparisons to the men's league. We're not going to do that constantly, but you've got to think expansion. Um, we've got to think if we want to maintain the the title of having the best players in the world, you got to have room for them. you got to have a place for them to showcase their right. time for them to be the best. You've always got to, whatever the issue is, you got to create room for them because being down to 143 players still shows a lot of competition, but at the same time, I think there can always be more. There can definitely always be more. The girls coming out of college are not the girls that came out of college 10, 20 years ago when the league just, you know, 20 years ago when the um, league just started. The talent itself is just getting better and better. Uh, you can even see it when you go on social and you see these girls, babies, you know, elementary school kids that play for AAU and just see their ball handling skills and just see them in games. Like these girls are starting to get trained from really, really young. And when, you know, it's just only right that when they get to a professional level that they aspire to be in from yay high, that there's a place for them to actually not only make a team, but stay on a team or be able to go to a different team and that's room for them. Right. I'm sure we're not the first ones to have this conversation. It's on everybody's mind to expand the league and keep making room for these great players. So the people that really need to be having this conversation, and I'm sure are having this, are, of course, the league's office as well as the general managers. Um, and, and translating to the general managers and transferring that way, we talk about the survey um, that they that was recently published. A lot of different superlatives um, issued out to different players. Of course, the biggest one that has everybody talking is the 2017 champions. Um, the Sparks got snubbed. You know, the Minnesota Lynx were picked to win their fourth WNBA championship in seven years, um, even though they did lose in the finals last year to the LA Sparks. Candace Parker with a mean eye roll on Twitter, you know, talking about pretty much here we go again. You know, counted us out. We haven't got our respect. It's the Los Angeles Sparks and the defending champions. So being counted out as defending champions has got to piss. Wait a minute. There was shade thrown and I missed it. Just Candace being irritated at the fact that we pushed it to five games. We won fair and square. And we have a great team coming back. And pretty much y'all still aren't giving us our due respect. That's legit. 
That's legit. That's yeah. yeah. So I mean, what forty two? I wonder of- why. I wonder why they picked the links. The links are the links, and from my understanding, I think you told me this earlier that nobody went to play overseas this year. Everyone stayed. The players that normally do go overseas, I think they all stayed home this year. So they are well rested. They are locked and loaded. They probably got a chance to rest their bodies and train at home. Mm-hmm. So the links are definitely are I think a constant, a consistent and constant threat <laughs> to other players and other teams in the league. Um, but I wonder why I wonder why they picked the links. Outside uh, outside of that reason, if that were to be a reason. I mean, their roster in terms of what they had last year and pieces coming back is really reminiscent and very similar to what the Sparks had. The Lynx have Maya Moore, Simone Augustus, Lindsey Whalen, Sylvia Fowles, Marie Montgomery, picked up Alexis Jones, uh, Planette Pearson. They have a great and stacked team, but so do the Sparks. I mean, I guess it's a toss-up. It's just crazy that it was the 42% was the outlier to be like, like they got it in the bag. So that's five GMs out of the 12 that were asked went ahead and said the Minnesota Lynx would be the 2017 champion. I think that just gives the Sparks another reason to play with a chip on their shoulder. Ain't no reason to take it. I mean, throw your shade, of course, because it's going to irritate you. But hey, play with a chip on your shoulder. Prove them wrong. They definitely did their thing last year, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, going with the MVP voting. Has Washington Mystics new acquire Elena Deladon, as we mentioned earlier, uh, former 2015 MVP, has her listed as the 2017 GM survey. Tied at center is Sylvia Files and Tina Charles. Tina Charles, 25%. Neko Gumake, 17%. Candace Parker and Maya Moore tallied in 8% of the votes for the 2017 MVP. So I know you are, like we said, Team Tina. Are you upset about this at all? Do you think it's Tina's time this year? Or do you think Elena emerging in Washington is MVP caliber? I think Elena will be in the MVP race. Okay. I don't, honestly, I couldn't tell you who I think would win MVP this year because I think coming from last year and going in and, and for what a lot of these players are going for this year, the links are dominant, right? And they've been very dominant for the past how many seasons but I think the Sparks winning kind of showed that the championship is up for grabs right like now it's anybody's game Mm -hmm. like it's any you know now it's up for the taking like this is this is not just the Lynx league anymore the Lynx like championship like now it's like anybody can come and take this I'm sure they thought about this before but that's how I observed it if she could pick up, and if she, I'm sure she will, pick up exactly where she left off last year, I could see her being MVP this year. Okay. She was she was my vote for MVP last year over NECA okay. because I, I took it to consideration the impact that she had on her team. She averaged last year um, 21.5 points per game and 9.9 rebounds. Like, Tina was playing out of her mind last year. You know what I mean? Averaging a double-double pretty much. Right. In her overall career, uh, for for her career, she's averaged 10.2 rebounds and 17.8 uh, points per game. And I know she's been really, really working on her post-game as well, which has honestly been a good impact. So her scoring, her mid-range jumper scoring from inside, um, 
she added that repertoire to her game. I've talked to in the past, Coach Ambier and um, staff, and they say how Tina has an immense amount of potential, but it's her realizing her potential. And I think last year we started to see her really, really come out of her shell and realize her potential even more. And I think if she just continues on that path, she could she could be MVP this year. Okay. I know I'm a New Yorker, <laughs> but I, I actually am not biased. I promise I'm not biased. I mean, <laughs> three or four weeks from now, I'll probably be talking about mystics everything. So try <laughs> not to fall in love with a team, especially when you're... And imagine if they bring back the Charlotte Sting. Girl. We're not even going to be able to shut you up. <laughs> I'm about to act a fool, a whole fool. Oh my goodness! They should. Um, they should have done a lot. They should have done a lot. I, yo, if I if like I was in charge of that 20th anniversary, I would have finessed it so crazy. I would have brought back a team just because it's the 20th year. Why not? Like, why not bring back the comments? Why not bring back the thing? Why not bring back the uh, the monarchs? Like, just bring them back. This is the essence of the WNBA. Yeah, it'd be dope. I gotta talk about some of these categories in this in this survey because yeah, some of these categories were interesting. Hold on, let me let me pull this up one more time because I was like, who wrote this? <laughs> okay, so we have Maya Moore, um, the player that you would want taking a shot with the game on the line, the most dangerous in the open floor. Maya Moore won those. Tina Charles won best post move. Maya Moore also um, tied with Tina Charles as the hungriest player to win a championship. That's subjective because um, I feel like everybody is. But they say Tina, Ch- Tina Charles is um, looking for her first WBA t- title. Maya Moore is looking for her fourth. Um, I guess they consider that as well. You got most athletic player, top rebound. This one for Brittany Griner is the player who forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments. Uh, 25% of the GMs voted Brittany Griner for that. There's also a player with whom to start a franchise, also very kind of crazy and subjective. Uh, we got stuff like leagues, best passer, not too crazy. But you have a vote for who's the best at making her teammates better, the best basketball IQ, and the best leader. And guess who wrote, Guess who won those? Diana Taurasi. Diana Taurasi, easily. What are some other? Oh, this is the weird one that I saw. The most effective offensive mood. Move, my bad. The most effective offensive move. Um, Simone Augustus with her crossover, which is crazy. Tina Charles's hook shot and Maya Moore's pull-up jumper each received 17%. So I'm guessing four GMs voted for them. Yeah, there's just some crazy categories. I would, I would have to think about that for a second. Or I'd have to ask somebody else, what you put down on your paper? Because some of those, you can't... Hey! You can't yeah, I'm like, what you put on your paper real quick? Because you can't just knock them off the top of your head. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the WNBA, who would it be? That question. I wonder if I wonder if these are fill-ins or if they provided like if they had a sheet with every player in the league and they had to pick one. Ain't no way because I said that's so subjective because that's nothing you could back up with really stats. Like you could put best passer, best rebounder, best defensive. You can kind of back that up with stats, but who you would want to build a franchise around that could be built on. Of course, their play, their leadership skills, the things they do in the community, how vocal they are, how well they interact with the media. So much can go into that. I don't know. That'd be a tough one. Right. Because if you're talking about 
on the court performance, there's certain players that you consider. But if there were other factors that are off the court, there's certain players that you would not consider. Exactly. Like, yeah, I, mm, I'm not. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to go name names. But if we're talking about in the community, who's more visible? right people who could actually bring people to the games and things like that and interact with uh fans in a certain kind of way and be more marketable there are some players that don't necessarily fit that bill right and that that's something you have to consider when you talk about building a franchise it's not just how well they play there's some other things that factor into that and some of that is your visibility how well you can handle public situations and your track record your reputation you know, uh, along with the awards that were given in the GM survey, there are actually some new awards that are coming out in the 2017 season. Um, for the first time, the WNBA will present Coach of the Month Awards, some good in-season awards. Um, oh. Yeah, you have Player of the Month. You also have Rookie of the Month. Um, I thought they had Conference Player of the Month, but I guess they don't have that one. But they definitely are adding Coach of the Month Awards. And that's also new this year will be uh, Basketball Executive of the Year. They're going to go ahead and, um, I guess, show the GM some love uh, or maybe the presidents, presidents or GM some loves at the end of the season. So just some new stuff to look out for. That's cool. Something else for us to talk about. Definitely dope. Um, just another thing we want to talk about that didn't uh, make it to episode one. We were talking about last season, the new playoff format, as well as the new balanced regular season schedule. The playoff format is really hard to explain without a visual, at least for me. Like I had to draw it out. You, I remember that one time you called, me. <laughs> you called me and I was driving. You were like, yeah, first round is now single elimination. I could follow that. You were like, second round, single elimination. Then you were like, the eighth seed and the third seed get reseeded. I don't know what it was. And I was sitting there like, uh, I can't follow this. It's it was of- so confusing at first. I like, I had to literally draw a diagram. I was I like, okay, so this is how we're going to do this. I promise you, you read, I had a little bracket and then I had lines drawn. I was like, okay, so if the number four beats the number six and the number four goes, to, I mean, I had it all drawn out. I wish I could show y'all a picture of it because it looks crazy, but I have it still. It's in one of my little journals. I was like, I'm going to learn this new playoff. Right. It makes sense. Yeah, it took a lot. But I mean, hey, if you're top seeded, you only have, you know, one round before you get to the finals. If you're uh, seeds three and four, you got two rounds till you get to the finals. Um, do you think it was effective? I saw that there were a lot of WBA front office people who were like, well, this really gives you an opportunity to show the best talent. Um, when we think about the WBA playoffs last year, how effective do you think it was with some single elimination games to really showcase the best talent? At first, I didn't like the format because I felt like it wouldn't be like the single elimination wouldn't be fair because basically if a team ended up being the number three okay so what was it i think it was the first and the second seed were protected like they didn't have to go through the first round of single elimination they only one round i think until they got to the finals the first two seeds and then the three and the four seed automatically went to the semi-final no the Oh Lord! The, the quarterfinals, the quarterfinals, and the semifinals is where the first and the second seed were already waiting. 
um, up until you got to the finals. So yeah, like like you said, the single elimination. I didn't think it was fair at first. At first, I didn't think it was fair. Was enough. Like, you could find a team that really, really has been doing their thing all season, and next thing you know, they may have a bad night, get off to a bad start, and you see them gone. And I didn't like that at all at first. Like I didn't like the idea of it, right? But then when I saw when I saw how the season played out. I thought it was actually good because when you think about it, especially with conferences, often, you know, prior to last season's a playoff format, it was East versus West. So it was definitely Eastern team versus a Western team. And sometimes the two best teams in the league are in the same conference. The two best teams that will bring you the best finals series are in the same conference. So I was actually really happy in the long run about the playoff format being changed because we got to see the two best teams in the league, the number one, number two seed duking it out in the finals. And it was one of the best final series I've ever watched period. Like it was so exciting from beginning to game five. And oh my God, what? I was in here like, Lord, don't not let me pull my edges out myself. I was just, so <laughs> nervous and down to the wire. Shout out to down to the wire. Shout out to Neka. Man, it, yes, it, excellent, excellent. Shout out to Maya though, because Maya had this one crossover and she had this poor girl on the floor. On skate. On skate. Looked like she was looking for something on the floor. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. That was so rude. It was so rude, but it was so beautiful at the same time. Um well, what do you think? Let me pick your brain about this. Okay, so you mentioned with the conference, it gives you the chance to really see the best teams um, in the league, regardless of conference. And it just so happened that for the playoffs last year, the top four teams in the West and the top four teams in the East rounded out to create the eight teams going into the playoffs. Hmm. What do you think it would look like if it were all six West teams and two East teams or all six East teams in two West teams, do you think that would be, or, or do you think that would look crazy or five and three um, kind of skewed one way, or are you not really bothered by that either? I'm not really bothered by that either because, well, no, I'm me. Per, I'm not really bothered by that because I want to see the best teams play. Okay. Happen to be all in the West for a particular season and it's one team from the east coming out of there i mean it'll be great to see more balance but if the reality is that the top six teams or eight teams in the league are unbalanced and two are in the uh in the west and you know the rest are in the east and it is what it is you know i'm all about seeing just like the best of the best play and the teams that have earned their spot to whatever level of uh of the playoffs that they get to took it out at first i didn't like it either but i realized like this is dope and i really was happy we got to see the playoffs that we wanted to see like that many people wanted to see last year right and i know it's apparently a test run for something that they may implement in the nba which would be imagine the twitter fire like everybody would have something crazy to say and this is laureen's hot take um you heard it here first so if the nba does implement this we're going to we're going to refer this back to the w podcast but that's neither give me my coins nba give me my coins 
<laughs> but no, seriously, uh, imagine the the, um, the backfire, the backlash from that because um, you always talk about the wild, wild west in the NBA and how the East is quote unquote so weak. Um, you know, people would just be shocked. There, there would just have to be so many changes, in, like a test run, see how that would happen. But like, like we know, the game evolves; these leagues evolve. So it was definitely not something that seems far fetched at all. Um, not at all. I think I don't think a lot of people would be happy with it because they're just so used to a certain style of uh, a play. Of play, they used to the format that. A players didn't like this format last year. You know what I mean? I think it's just something that a lot of people just have to get used to and they have to adjust. So if it were to go to the NBA, you know, a bigger league, I'm sure there'll be a lot of backlash, backlash and pushback. But if at the end of the day, the product that ended up being in the finals was an elite product, it was a great product. And of course, if it brought in ratings and money talks, then everybody would be happy. I'm really proud of the league and the GMs for coming together, trying something different. And like we said, coming out with an amazing uh, finals series there, something we got to see and really brought some fans of the game. Um, So just looking ahead to 2017 as we wrap up, let's talk about some WNBA milestones coming up and how we are about to see history. Um, Like we saw the NCAA women's record be shattered uh, for scoring by Kelsey Plum projected rookie of the year. We can also possibly see an all-time scoring leader change in the WNBA. Um, Diana Taurasi is 177 points. Um, she's right now at 7,380 to pass Tina Thompson as the all-time scoring leader in the WNBA who scored 7,488 before her retirement some years ago. You know she's going to pass that whole record by like June 20th, right? Like, um, <laughs> by mid-June, that record is going to be broken. going to be – it's crazy. I think she has to average about 19 or 20 points this season um, to do it. But let's talk about how she played in the Olympics just last summer where she was the leading scorer in almost every game. I mean, going off international play, especially when you know that you're on the horizon of being the all-time leading scorer. She about to drop some 40- and 50-point games in there. And like you said, mid-June – July 4th, by the latest, be the all-time leading scorer. I'm like, latest. <laughs> I love some Diana Taurasi. It makes no sense. Um, and Angel McCautry, we talk about her sitting out, but she's only 10 points away from reaching the 5,000-point mark. I want her to lace up just for that. Yeah, she just come in, play for one quarter, and just go back home. Right, and be like, I hit 5,000. That's the least I could do. I can't, I can't keep <laughs> least I could do. Um, some players on the horizon are 4,000 points. Maya Moore only needs 216 to reach 4,000. Crystal Langhorn uh, needs 318. Another Minnesota Lynx player. These girls are scoring on the Lynx. Sylvia Fowles only needs 325 to reach 4,000. And Rebecca Brunson needs 337 to reach 4,000 points. So, um, of course, we have some players reaching on uh, almost 3,000, 2,000, 1,000. Um, just showing exactly how this league keeps evolving. It just keeps getting better. Rebecca Brunson, also from, again, the Minnesota Lynx, needs only 330 rebounds to pass the great Tamika Catchings as the all-time leading rebounder in the WNBA, and she's 14 rebounds away from 3,000 rebounds. That's a lot of jumping. That's a lot of boxing. That's a whole lot. That's a lot of boxing out. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, but that's a dope uh, 
that's a dope um, milestone to reach. Rebounding, that, that shows your grit. You know, some people don't really put a lot of emphasis on rebounding and going after the ball for that second chance or to, you know, be a defensive presence. Also, another another one on the horizon, we have Sue Bird with 188 assists away from being the all-time assist leader, um, passing Tisha Penichiro. Um, so Sue Bird is at 2,411. Uh, Tisha finished at 2,599. Um, definitely some dope stuff. I'm excited, man. We just, we're just looking into season 21, and we are going to probably see a lot of history being made, and that's exciting to see. Um, you know, that's the reason why we started the W podcast was to highlight all of this because we can't let any of this go unnoticed. Like y'all going to hear me cry probably when Diana, <laughs> when Diana becomes the all-time leading scorer, because I mean, she's been one of my favorite players for so long, but, uh, yeah, it's just, again, what are you excited to see from season 21? I am excited to see, uh, first of all how the players, uh, the new addition to all these teams uh, gel and how they perform. Because mm-hmm. there's been so many changes across the league, across every team. And I'm just really, really excited to see how it pans out. Um, I'm ready for the finals, not because I want the season to be over, but I'm ready to just get to like the big show. I'm ready to see who's going to be the two that are going to take it all the way to the very end, who's going to leave it all out on the court. I'm just I'm excited just overall about the level of competition that's going to be taking place this year. I'm just so excited about it. Yeah, so the season opener is coming up. Man, by the next time we meet everybody, we will be talking about what the first week of the WNBA. We will have a lot, you know, to contribute, a lot to talk about, a lot of analysis. Um and we'll have some predictions for you. Our MVP predictions, our um I forgot to mention Two people who are out. Who else is out? Dewana Bonner Ooh. and Misty Bass are out because they are expecting little ones. Oh. So congratulations to them, but they're in Phoenix. So there's some changes going to be taking place in Phoenix because they're going to be out for the whole season, pretty much. Right. Because Misty, Misty Bass is pregnant. Like, she's ready. So, like... That's a pop. She's about to pop, so I'm. I don't. I don't know how long um she's gonna be out for. She's gonna try to come back, but yeah. So that's why I said there's so many different reasons why some certain players are out. Whether they got waived, whether they took time off for personal reasons, families, whatever. So just interesting to see how these new younger players to uh, integrate into the WNBA world and what we're gonna end up seeing during the playoffs. Right, and Gloria Johnson's finally back after having the twins. Yeah, Johnson, yeah. Johnson Griner twins, or are they just the Johnson twins? I don't know. You know, the twins. We'll just call, we'll just call them the twins. What's we'll call them? What the Mariah Carey call her kids? Them babies. Them babies. Just them babies. Yeah, Gloria Johnson's back with Dallas. Um, yes, like we said, roster full. Derricka Ham, Derricka Hamby is like, is she out or is she back? I don't know. If she's out. She's back, I think. She's back, and she has a little, little one also who is so pretty. Oh, first of all, congratulations to all the ladies who got married over the offseason, who had children and who are expecting. Swin Cash is expecting, so congratulations to her also. 
Tiarka Hamby has a beautiful little girl. Bria Hartley has a cute little boy. Um, Skylar Diggins got married. She makes me want to lose weight because her dress was everything <laughs> and then some. Uh, Karima Christmas is not Karima Christmas. Kelly, she got married as well. Mm-hmm. So just love seeing these ladies. Uh, and Elena Deladon is getting married soon. She actually did like a, she's doing a collab with The Knot. Uh, the Knot is a huge wedding uh, website that I have now become very familiar with. Oh, um, <laughs> so yeah, I have to I have to shop around window shop. But she uh, did a collab with them, her and her fiance. Congratulations to the ladies for having these amazing milestones and life changing events taking place off the court. Very nice. And so that leads us into the conclusion. So the season opener is on Mother's Day weekend. Shout out to all the moms out there, especially the WNBA moms. We are so proud of you. It takes a yes. lot to carry. First of all, it takes a lot to carry and deliver a child, period. But then to come back weeks later or months later or however long it takes you to do it, to come back and play at an elite level, we know it's tough. Everybody's so focused on the snapback and this, that, and the third, but it's more about snapping back with looks. It's about snapping back and competing for a championship. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for example, Bria Harley has a four-month-old son, and she mentioned in a, she started working out three weeks after she delivered her baby and mentioned that doing a 20-second plank was hard for her. You know, as an elite mm-hmm. athlete, it's crazy to think about. But three weeks after that, she was back practicing, uh, back playing. Um, and I actually... A few months, uh, a few weeks before the draft, I met with uh, Terry Carmichael Jackson, who's the um, executive director of the WNBPA Players Association. Um, mm-hmm. She's pretty much the director below the players who run the entire thing. She was talking about the strides that they're really making for mothers in terms of once you get pregnant, you get 50% of your salary and you keep your spot on the team. Um, if that's what you choose to do, that's a good option there. Having nannies and um, housing on the road that can allow the children to come out on the road because you know being separated from your babies is tough i mean you know not especially at such young ages as well when they really need that bonding time right people have like anxiety issues or you know just might not have someone that they trust to, to take care of the baby so you know why not have them at away games you know creating options for that um as well as just being helpful really looking out for the women and saying hey we know you have a life outside of basketball we know your wives, we know your girlfriends, we know, we know your mothers and caretakers. And I think that's dope. So happy early Mother's Day to- and shout out uh, to the mothers of the players too. Oh yeah. Shout out to the mothers who took their little girls to practice, who encouraged uh, young women to play and be athletes and kind of break some of the stigmas and stereotypes that come along with being a girl. And a lot of them um, got in the game of basketball. Right. So the mothers who introduce their daughters to basketball, whether they play themselves or the ones that travel with their daughters and just instill that in them. Shout outs to you guys because you guys are, you make the world go around also. And you're definitely a big puzzle, piece of the puzzle as to why these ladies are as successful as they are. Definitely. And happy, happy Mother's Day to your mom as well, Lo. Send my oh, love. happy happy Mother's Day to your mom. Send her my love and a big old hug. Yeah, my mom's in heaven celebrating Mother's Day. So all the moms out there, all the women out there, or men who have lost 
You know, moms, look, hold your head. It gets better. I promise you. One day we'll be united. Family and love is is the focus. And so it's not it's not a sad day for me anymore. Um, I'm just I, I love seeing my friends, you know, shout out their moms. And I'm so appreciative of the women who took me in and became mentors to me and uh, showed that love and, and all that kind of stuff. So happy Mother's Day to all the women out there. Um, very strong. And oh, man, I'm getting emotional. I love moms. They're awesome. Aww. Well, you can share my mom. Oh, of course. She's not your mother. I know she will never be your mom, but she's 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 pretty dope. So you can come share my mom anytime you want. Oh, she'll cook. For, she'll cook for you. Look, that's all I can ask for at this point. <laughs> all I can ask for is a home cooked meal. But shout out to all the moms out there with you all. Thank you for tuning into the second episode of the W Podcast. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter, the W Podcast underscore, as well as on Instagram, just the W Podcast. Beyond the W, we are now the official podcast of Beyond the W. Whoop, whoop. We got- <laughs> I'm on payroll, y'all. <laughs> We're getting there. Let's throw our pains together, guys. We're getting there. The more you guys actually like and listen and share that we have this podcast, we will get to a point where she can be on payroll. How about that? <laughs> so let's let's get to that point, guys. And speaking of being official, so we're like really official now because we're on social and we got a dope logo. Yeah. Shout out to Andre for our dope logo. Yeah, shout out as AJ. Well as, yes, as well as Brandon. Uh, kind of collabed a couple of ideas together and came up with this beautiful logo. I'm so excited. We popping out here. It's lit. <laughs> lit. It is just the beginning. We have so much to look forward to. And we appreciate you all for coming on this ride with us. Any closing thoughts, love, before we depart and look forward to this 21st season of WNBA basketball? What you got to say to the people? Um, y'all are the bomb to sit here and listen to us for a whole what, hour. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, just have a good weekend. Enjoy Mother's Day. Uh, enjoy the, the kickoff of the season and let's make it happen. Yep. Every Wednesday we'll be dropping new The W Podcast. It'll be our W Crush Wednesday. WC- <laughs> <laughs> our WCW. I made that up on the spot. W Crush um, Wednesday. I'm with it. We'll see you again next Wednesday. As always, thanks for tuning in with us. We love you. Have a good one. Love you guys. Bye.